Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand. This is a podcast about secondhand, particularly fashion, and what that means for the future, what that means for your wardrobe, and what that means for your wallet. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my bestie in the Westie, producer extraordinaire, Sarah Lane. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Mare. So I've got a problem, and that problem is, is that now that I am in the world of consignment, I keep looking for things to put on my dog. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could have a little doggy consignment consignment 101. Sarah and I both have dogs. I have a little prissy dog uh, named Bean, and I put her in outfits um, because I'm a terrible person, and she looks real cute in them. Someone once was like, she's not a doll, and I was like, but she is. But don't worry, she's treated extremely well. She's an absolute princess. Uh, and Sarah has a big old dog named Otis. I do. Yeah, he's 80 pounds. It's a little bit harder to dress him. You got to you got to get the big stuff. But funnily enough, uh, when I was on a recent trip to Mexico City, I did find a serape that I knew would fit him and would be adorable. And he's a pretty good sport about these things. So I brought it home with me. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how much there is in the consignment pet wear, but I will say, you know, brands are really starting to to catch on to how much, you know, millennials and other people adore their pets, which has always been a thing, but how much money we're really willing to spend on them. I mean, Bean's taking a nap right now with her Chewy Vuitton purse toy. It's like a little mini Louis Vuitton. It's not actually Louis Vuitton. But also Montclair came out this past year with a doggy puffer vest, and it was like their number one selling <laughs> item. But part part two of uh, part two of buying one hundred and one. I just came back from Paris, France, where they have amazing everything, but amazing vintage and consignment. Uh, where I did some palling around and got some beautiful dresses. Uh, and a pair of very cool Chanel earrings. And so I am ready to talk about IRL consignment shopping in real life, walking into those stores, smelling their unique smells, looking at all the fabrics. Um, You know, where I bought those Chanel earrings, there was a case with other Chanel accessories and beautiful, unique things. And I love looking at it. I love talking to these store owners the manager of that particular store where I bought those Chanel earrings in Paris. I interviewed her in a closet for this podcast, which you will be hearing. 
a literal closet. So uh, that's fun. And you will get to hear it. But, you know, I'm I'm so into this culture, as we were saying, too, into the culture of walking into these stores and having that experience and talking to the people in charge and rifling through the stuff. And I'm usually listening to a podcast while I'm doing it. So maybe you're listening to It Never Gets Old currently while you're pawing through some vintage blazers or whatever it is you're into or getting into hopefully with some of this information. Well, that's great. This for anybody who might have missed the previous episode, we talked a lot about all of the online options for consignment. There are many and they're wonderful and unique in their own ways once you get to know the differences. But being IRL is a whole different experience. As you mentioned, some vintage blazer. I don't know. Do I need that? What do I do? How do I get it? How do I how do I go about that? It's my favorite thing. I mean, it's just, it just is. I mean, listen, I'm doing a podcast on it and I roped best friend Sarah Lane into it, you know, to produce this for me. But uh, let's get you into some stores. You know, as I said, and I've said before, people get really overwhelmed by the prospect of going into a consignment store. If you can pick a higher end one first, even if you are not in a position to buy anything, that's totally fine. No judgment on on any of that. Uh, but a place that's slightly higher end is likely to be more organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Sarah was talking about in a previous episode, there was like, a you know, they served you coffee in this very lovely high end vintage consignment store in Mexico City. I would pick one like that first just to get the lay of the land. And, you know, one thing, too, that's always the case is is. Sometimes there are people that love being bothered by salespeople in a store and then there are people that don't. I would say that people in consignment stores, as I will get into, are your friends because of how deeply they know the inventory, but they're not here to make some crazy sales goal. And for the most part, consignment resale shops like don't do commission, which is where like if you're going to a Bloomingdale's, the person that sells you whatever you're buying is getting a cut of that. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a salesperson thing. And and so that, that is a nice part of this experience. You can have as much involvement with the people there or as little, I mean, I will bother them forever and be like, Hey, what's up? What you thinking about? What are you into? You know, I love, as I said, being the ducky of these stores, but that's okay. That's not for you. For me, shopping consignment stores and it's in vintage or whatever, secondhand, it's a way to learn a city. I learn a city by the clothes and accessories that people have left behind. And I want to know um, where that stuff is. So how do you even find a consignment store, vintage store, thrift store? Honestly, Yelp has is great. Hmm. Um, you, you can always Google around. Google's fine, but I have found – so Yelp has two categories for this. It has – you look up luxury consignment near you. That's one category. And then they have used consignment and vintage. Those are the two categories that I typically look at. Whenever I get somewhere, I pull up Yelp. It's funny, when I was also in Tel Aviv and I found one secondhand shop, but Yelp doesn't work in Israel. I know that there are certain varying tech restrictions, but that was a bummer because Yelp 
has helped me in Austin. It's helped me in Paris, in New York, in Los Angeles. And it's also often just one of the first results on Google. If you're, when I was in Mexico City, which I was in last week, it was a very recent trip. It wasn't just consignment stores I was looking for. In fact, I wasn't really looking for anything in particular, but eh, looking for food near me. And those sorts of very, very simple searches You'd get Yelp results that were often not always super helpful, but often were. Yeah. And, you know, look up those stores and then go to the ones first with the most number of reviews, Um, because that just is a level of engagement and an indicator that a lot of people are going there. I mean, I I don't think I've I wrote I'm not proud of this, but I wrote (laughs) one not nice Yelp review one time. Um, Oh, I've written a few of those. Yeah. (laughs) But I should probably start writing some good ones about consignment stores I love because I know it means a lot to small business. Well, and as somebody who if you write a really nice review, of course, most of the time the negative reviews are fueled by, you know, we, we like have hatred and passion in our hearts because we had a bad experience. Right. So you get a lot of bad reviews. But the good review, you might just sort of not really want to go through the trouble, but then me as the next person reading it, so helpful. Totally. And just the more reviews, the better. A lot of these are like little shops run by older people with a few little items. So please call ahead or, <laughs> or I would say call. A lot of these places don't even use email. I mean, it's, we're, we're going real old school, um, but consignment stores have like bank hours, except never. They're like, we're open from Wednesday to Thursday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, so like there have been a lot of cases. I remember I was trying to do this in Florida on a press trip and all the consignment stores closed at 3 p.m. And I was like, but why? And and yeah, so that's my first question is it it goes back to a conversation we had in our previous episode is, you know, are, are some of these stores just hobbies for people who don't really need to move merch? Because anyone who's trying to run a, a really solid business will say, well, you can't just not be open when you say you're open. You can't just close at three. That's crazy. People are working. Yeah. I mean, it's so so it's really sort of pretty old school. It's like, you know, how bank hours keep getting smaller and smaller. Right. And that's it is driving a lot of people online. It's certainly not working in any of these stores favors, but they do have peculiar hours. A lot of them are, you know, closed on a month, like closed on a Monday, closed on a Tuesday. I don't know. It's it varies store to store. So I wouldn't want you to look up a place and go there to find it closed because it's very disappointing. Now let's talk into talk about, you know, walking into one and salespeople. I don't know, Sarah, when you're in a store, do you like when, you know, salespeople, do you like being helped by salespeople? Do you find that it's annoying? Well, as somebody who can be stranger adverse, <laughs> not just when Join I'm shopping, but just all of the time. Yeah, don't Join look at, don't look me in the eye. Uh, yeah. I, I do find it mostly annoying. I understand having worked in retail when I was in college that that's their job. Where did job. you work? I worked at a natural bedding store in the Marina District in San Francisco. So we sold like hemp sheets and so ahead of its time lots of raffia and some candles <laughs> it was it, the store smelled really good but i was a bad salesperson because when i'd say hi can i help you find something today you looking for something in particular and someone says nope i go okay because that's what <laughs> i want them to do to me so i was right. i was you know retail was was not going to be in my future i do find that if you really are looking for something and that is definitely happened uh for example 
if you've got, a, I don't know, a bridesmaid's dress that has to be in a certain color. It's like sometimes I don't want to spend a week looking for this. I just want to go into a store that I know I like and have somebody pull some stuff for me because they can see that I'm small and maybe they know where the you know extra small navy blue dress is in the back that I might take 20 minutes to find myself. That's great. When I'm browsing, for the most part, I kind of say you know, gently at first, no, I'm good. Just browsing. And if they still don't kind of back off, I go, I'm going to let you know if I need help. Okay. And they sort of go. Yeah. Well, this is to say that salespeople in consignment and vintage stores are often your friend, even if sometimes because they're not making these commissions, they don't care about helping you. A lot of them do. The people that work in consignment stores, this is a a passion for them. Otherwise, it it doesn't really make sense. So like a lot of the they they, and they deeply, deeply know the inventory because a lot of times they're buying it there and they're bringing it in um, from people that sell it. So exactly. This is not yeah working at the gap where there's 400 of the same T-shirt and maybe they need another size that's in the back. And it's it's really sort of about volume. This is somebody who is is there because they really want to be and they want to help you. And I would walk in and name some designers. I've done that before. Or, you know, say like, hey, I'm really looking for a black dress. I really like these three designers. What do you got? And I think that, again, my relationships with some of those salespeople have led to discounts, which we Mm -hmm. will get into in a second. Um, But it's also just led to, like, fun bonding and talking about this stuff. But again, if you're new to it, like... You know, you can also say I'm I'm new to this stuff because, again, the passion of the people that work there and or own the store, a lot of times the store owners are walking around helping people, um, then, you know, to engage them is is actually in your in your favor. Yeah. Um, OK. So for the people like me who say, eh, I don't like to be bothered when shopping. Well, maybe turn the attitude around a little bit because you're going to get more out of it because this is a person with a wealth of knowledge who is there to help you. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'll say about salespeople, because, you know, you can say like, you know, it's like in real life, Amazon, like, hey, I like this top. What else do you have like it that I might like? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people that like this item also like this. So how to actually buy and shop in the physical store? Start section by section. Pants first, top second whatever you have uh, and however it's laid out. And if you're overwhelmed, just start with pants and then just do that and leave. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's totally a fun environment and one that's slightly different planet. So that's totally cool. If, if you don't do the whole thing in one day, there are places like Kilo Shop in Paris that are too overwhelming for me that I walked through, which Kilo Shop is this insane vintage store that sells... Uh, vintage clothing by weight which is a really fun gimmick and it's incredibly overwhelming even for me so I walked in and walked all around and I was like I can't I can't it's too much it's too much (laughs) I also know I'm throwing a lot of information at you uh and that this these first couple episodes one of the reasons why I started it never gets old was to educate and not just entertain like Sarah and I are are wildly hilarious and engaging uh, but but I do want you to learn some stuff because I have been teaching it for a long time and I, I wanted it to be available to everyone. So stick with it. And this is a you know a muscle you practice learning these stores, learning how to shop this world. Um, so let's get into some hacks, tips, tricks, 
uh, some things that I have learned over the years that are going to help you and could help you, Sarah Lane. Good. So the number one place you're not looking that you must look does. I don't care if you're in a new store, an old store, the returns rack, the returns rack is the rack outside of the dressing rooms. People have liked stuff but didn't buy it because it was too expensive. It didn't fit. They decided they didn't need it. Blah, blah, blah. And it hasn't Chip, gone back onto the floor yet, which is probably a yes. really important point, right? It, you're, you're getting in before the before the herd. Yes. And I always go straight to the return rack because especially in a consignment store, it can be overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff. There's one of everything. So you have to like sort of look at everything, which can be really annoying. Chances are if someone you know if if someone's already liked something you might like it too uh Mm -hmm. and so i have found insanely good things on the return rack like my very favorite vintage t-shirt uh from wasteland in la that has a cat on it and says california so actually i should give it to sarah but i don't know yeah really that's like the perfect t-shirt for me (laughs) sarah runs a small farm in her house right she has two, if, two kittens and a If only we wore the same t-shirt size, but that's another story. I know. Uh, yes, and I have my dog, Bean. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't be us if we didn't shout out our pets a little more often. That's right. She's d- doing a snooze near me. Um, so the return rack, I'm telling you, I've gotten some awesome stuff. Uh, and it just didn't work for that person, but it'll potentially work for you. And it, it might not have fit them, which is to say, let's talk about sizing. In a future episode, I really care about delving into what I will call straight size privilege um, and being outside of that metric and being able to shop luxury consignment. What does that mean? I am a straight size person. I am a size four to six. And so so straight size is is someone who I believe it's double zero to a 12. Um, Okay. So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you're always a six it means that you fall within these predefined number numbering system for predefined for sizes. Bu- bullshit range okay. i mean i think it's part of a really important longer conversation a lot of people whether they're very petite or plus size like can't shop luxury consignment and i am embarrassed to say that as something i didn't realize for a very long time uh, thrift and vintage are a different story, but if you are out of you know the quote unquote accepted body, you know norms and you know ridiculous range that is very limited, mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of this stuff is not accessible to you, and that's something I I am very keen on, and I will discuss in a later episode. But I do want to talk about sizing in this stuff. I'm a you know four six. I wear anything from a four to a fourteen when it comes to consignment and vintage. Uh, which now makes me think of just how many people are boxed out of potentially buying these things. But it's to say that this stuff runs in all different directions when it comes to size and fit. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to, I mean, Sarah, Sarah, you and I were talking about how like, you know, as a woman uh, or a person in the world, if you're a certain size going up a few sizes, even if it fits great. And even if nobody looks at the tag it can be psychologically make you feel kind of bad. Like, did I gain weight? I don't want this size. I want to be sort of my small size. Now, not to say everybody's trying to lose weight, but that is a trend for many women. Yeah, and and listen, I am I am someone who has a disordered eating past and mm-hmm. someone who was very, very tied to numbers, whether it was on a scale or what waist size, dress size, 
Um, and, and that, you know, shopping is, can be fun. It's, it's easy for me to say because I fall within a very, um, you know, as I said, the street size, small category. So these experiences are fun for me and I recognize that they're not fun for everyone. Sure. And I hope that, you know, with it never gets old, bringing some, some joy to this, you know, really having a, a real conversation about size and and who fashion is for and who it's not for and, and when designers have made that clear is important. But this is to say that when you are shopping in this world, size and how we think of it, when it, you know, the however it's been determined by the fashion industry, uh, doesn't really apply. And, yeah, it sounds like you almost have to throw it out the window because we all know you're in a dressing room, you got a mirror in front of you. If something isn't flattering, you know, whether it's your size or not. If something doesn't look good, yeah. you're not going to buy it. But and, and it if you if you if you know going in to the consignment vintage world that sizes are going to be all over the place, it's almost like you just don't care. You don't care and what the size is. Listen, like if it's if it's some of it's triggering for you, like I totally understand that, but it i'm i'm hoping that that by understanding how much these sizes vary and that's because of era that's because of wear and tear i mean think about it when you get something new and then you get rid of it it's never this fits the same as when you first got it it stretches it shrank it stretched out it, it doesn't matter you got it altered so you know really thinking about size stuff as i said doesn't apply in how you like things to look and fall um and also depends on as i said era but also like where it's coming from you know italian stuff runs tiny french runs small british runs tiny and so throwing a lot of that out the window is very difficult to do a lot of this has been internalized by all of us um and this is also something that i mean you're aware of because you're in the world already if somebody wanted to get dedicated into the consignment world you kind of pick it up as you go along but for somebody who's more in 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 my neighborhood which is eh, just dipping a toe important to know that all sizes are not equal right i mean all sizes are equal in general. We all, you know, if you, what's the saying? If you, you have a beach body, if you go to the beach and have a body, but in this case, <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, yeah, this, the, the size on the tags like is not indicative of anything at, at all. So, uh, you're going to have to try a lot of stuff on. Got it. And, you know, if you think about it too, like previous stuff didn't have stretch and just a million a million reasons a million reasons why so that's that's our diatribe on size and i would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this this is a really important topic to me and i want to know what it means to you too let's get into one of my favorite conversations Haggling, negotiating. Oh, haggling. The dirtiest word in shopping. Haggling is where you try to get somebody to come down in price, right? And it's supposed to be fun and playful, I guess, in a way. But some of us are super freaked out by the idea of talking about money in great detail. So, Meredith, how do you do this and how do you be successful? I, I run a business. I have been pitching my parties since I was 18 years old, writing since I was 17. Like I'm used to rejection. I'm used to talking about money and a lot of people are not. 
a lot of women are not. And that is something that I hope to change. But in this particular way, nothing makes me happier than arguing on the internet over or or in person, you know, over something that I want. So let's do some haggling 101. Um, it, it can be icky. It can be uncomfortable. But I'm going to give you some tools and some verbiage and things to say that might make it a little bit easier because the dirty little secret is that like most things, particularly in the secondhand world, are negotiable. And because these are not big box stores, they are not large chains that have to ask six people if they can lower a price and you're often talking to the owner, the chances you can get it for less are real. However, let me give you like a little scenario of the not before I give you the do. So a very close friend of mine, I was sitting in her ducky style consignment store as I want to do. And a woman who was did not know her, was out of town, came in and found something she liked. And I guess whether it was her style or anxiety or however it came out, she said, no, I'll give you a hundred bucks for this, hmm. which like. You know, that's not going to – first of all, a negotiation is all about a conversation. It's all about opening it up to a conversation. That is a yes or no question. Right. You never want to be in a yes or no scenario. So, like, you know, that's – I'm not saying that's how you would approach it. But that – so so my friend was like, I mean, no. Like, uh, this is what it costs. And she, she actually said to me after, like, had that woman been more gracious about it, she probably would have given her a discount. Okay, so so this woman had $100. She was willing to part with $100. She already knew that. How should she have approached it in a, in a way that uh, the store owner would have wanted to engage with? So a couple like key magic phrases. Do you have any room on this mm. price-wise? Any room, any wiggle room. You want to like make it seem loosey-goosey and like kind of open and you know like again like if you put out a firm number that's a yes or no scenario. Again like negotiation is about a conversation. Um, So I would have said hey are you open to doing this for $100? I don't – I almost never name the number though. Like that's a negotiations 101 thing is that you should go, you know, you want the other person to be throwing out the numbers because you don't want to show your cards immediately. Right. Like, so I would say, do you have any room on this? Are you open to doing it for any less? And if it wasn't, you know, and I said, well, listen, I was look, only looking to spend $100. That's when you can say that. But I mean, if you give someone like that, like, let's say a jacket's $150, you know, they might do it for 125 and you have to decide like what what is going to, you know, what your, before negotiation, before whatever, in any area of your life, I think you have to decide, you know, at what point are you going to walk away? Mm -hmm. And at what point are you not? So, as I said, are you open to a reduction in price? Do you have any room on this? Are your prices firm? A lot of consignment stores will give you discounts on things that have been there longer because they're trying to move it. I right. mean, some stores, some stores will, a lot of consignment stores, secondhand stores will do, you know, after 30 days, it goes down by 10%. After 60 days, by 10%, another 10%. And then, you know, 90 days, another 10%. And then they usually give it back to the person or get rid of it or I don't know, put it on fire sale. So if it's been there longer, but if it like, there have been lots of times where I've asked for a price reduction. And they're like, well, we just got that. So you have to decide like, are you going to walk away or like, do you want it? Wait, wait it for... out. Yeah. 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 Well, because of yeah. course a, a store wants to seem new and fresh, even if you're dealing with older items, right? So if you go in once a month, you don't want the same stuff to be seen there every month or you're going to be like, eh, that store is just kind of dead in there. Totally. 
Totally. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to get rejected. Like, this is not always going to work. But, you know, my opinion on it is if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. And it's worth asking. And sometimes they're very not open to it. Like, I will say, like, it's also potentially a cultural thing. This is I'm talking about American stores, you know, in 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 Paris. This, I mean, French don't have the best rap for being the friendliest people, but, you know, they're not there are certain store owners that you can feel it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I I asked I did got a reduction on those Chanel earrings that I was talking about at the top of the episode. And I, I said, are you open to doing it for X? And it's it's funny because he spoke no English and I speak no French. So like we were typing this into Google Translate like back and forth. And then he ended up doing it for less. But he's like, hey, I bought it for this. He's like, but I bought these off of this person for this much. So then I'm making no money. And I was like, OK, I'll do it for this. So I ended right. up getting a reduction. But, you know, make it a conversation and and please ask more questions about that, more pointed questions. I'd be happy to give specific tips, you know, specific scenarios and strategies. Like, please reach out for that. You know, we have a call in line. You can leave a comment anywhere on our social media, any of that stuff. And, you know, also being conscious of this is a person's store and being respectful too is is an important you know thing to just be a person in, in the world sure i mean sure. what's what's the worst that can happen if you're polite you ask for a reduction they say no sorry okay you know you don't have to leave yeah it's you've tried yeah so you know other things you can ask is like you know i've had i'm like hey can you like you know, call me if it goes down or sometimes they have to call the consigner to see if they can reduce that price for you and call you back. Just ask for stuff. You know, I've also given my phone number and email and asked for them to look out for a specific designer. As I said, you know, a lot of these people really want to engage with you and they want to sell stuff. This is usually they're very deeply tied to the business, if not the owner themselves. So that's something you can totally do. I also follow some specific consigners. You know, consignment stores don't give out names. That's the whole point. Like they, they are very, you know, privacy is very important, but there's a certain number of, they, they, there's a store I love, they do it by numbers and I've memorized this woman's number and if I ever met her, it would look like I skinned her uh, (laughs) because I've bought everything she's like ever sold to this place because her taste is amazing. And it's very funny because she's like a 65 year old woman. I'm a 32 year old woman. The same, like, like she's sort of like Santa. Like I don't want to see her. I've, I've apparently like I've never seen her apparently we once in the store at the same time but like you know she is my fairy godmother that I pay for so <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg for you know IRL buying it's a fun world but I want to hear what you want to know about like a lot of it never gets old is answering your questions I have this crazy depth of knowledge but it's nothing without you know, helping the individual as much as it is educating all of you. So tell me your best finds. Tell me some of your haggling strategies or maybe sometime it blew up in your face and and how you shouldn't go about it. I definitely want to hear from you. You can find us online at ingopodcast.com. There you can learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer queen extraordinaire to the stars, Sarah Lane. <laughs> I like that. Uh, as well as links to our social media, a place to submit a question, our call-in line for questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, um, compliments for me and Sarah, um, <laughs> spam for me and Sarah. We'll take it all. Please be like on the nicer side. But like, you know, we can get into like occasional like tussles. And 
Please subscribe, leave a comment if you can where you listen to your podcasts and I will see you soon. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.